Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Stay tuned. Um, but here we are in week four of Jesus as he is. We're going to be in John 10 and 7 through 10. If you want to turn there, flip there, put your uh, camera there. You know what I'm saying? Um, flip your phone there. It's in uh, John 10, which is a one of my favorite chapters in scripture. And it's coming directly after Jesus during the Jewish festival of Sukkot um, contending with the fact that he healed someone. Imagine praying for someone and they get healed of blindness or sickness or something like that and then you having to explain to the religious leaders why it happened. Good things that happen sometimes that are in an environment that is so controlled and so full of a religious fervor that they don't even accept something as good on the surface. You know what I'm saying? You ever heard the term too good to be true? This is what Jesus was contending with all the time. The goodness of the Messiah that's been prophesied for centuries by Moses, Abraham, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Elijah, Elisha, and the list goes on of these major and minor prophets who spoke of the one who was to come in a line of David. And then he comes, and then everyone says, eh, I don't believe it. So in chapter 9, he has just healed a blind man where he takes the mud and puts it on his eyes, and he tells him to go wash in a pool of Siloam, which means scent. He goes and washes, and he's completely healed. And because of that, the religious leaders, because he claims and says and declares that Jesus is the Christ, then lo and behold, they believe it's time for him to be expelled from the synagogue. Something as good as that, and yet and still he is taken and kicked out of the synagogue. This is just like ridiculous. But I think you get in environments where um, control happens and we love, who in here loves control? Who loves control? Nobody's going to admit it. I know, but you know, who loves control? The older we get, you know what I'm saying? And the more resources and wisdom you get, you're like, I like things to be a certain place. So if you freak out when an item you put somewhere is not where you put it, you might like control a little bit, just a little bit. (laughs) Where's my slippers? (laughs) It's serious in the winter though. I mean, you know, we, we all have our things that are necessary for us to make it through the winter. For my wife, slippers is one of them. <laughs> She's like, I can do anything as long as I have slippers. So We're going to make sure we get them some good um, L.L. Bean ones. You know what I'm saying? Those are the good ones. They're, like, they're a lot, but you know. Anyway, <laughs> control in chapter 9. Um, and they decided to, you know, for a lot of reasons... Uh, be against Jesus at this time. 
but and so this is the context of the the scripture right here. This is uh, John 10 and 7. So I'm going to start reading at verse 7. Then Jesus said to them, most, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for this precious word that we get to read and it becomes a part of us, God. I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be our helper in every way, God, that you would illuminate the scriptures to all of us, that you would use these words that I'm speaking to pierce hearts, to awaken hearts, to set on fire those who may have been dormant, Father. And I thank you for this opportunity that I shall never, ever take for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, his, the fourth I am statement that we're going through is I am the door of the sheep. What is a door of the sheep? It is the sheepfold, which is a nice little area that maybe had a fence about this high with a door on it. It's the pen where the shepherds would take their sheep, and as they went in, they would count them one by one and inspect them one by one to ensure that they didn't have any parasites that had been embedded in their head to ensure that they were not lame, to ensure that the right number was there. Jesus knew he could leave the 99 and go for the one because he had counted his sheep. He knows me by name. He knows the hairs on my head, even the number of each hair on my head. He knows. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. Previously, our first I am statement is Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. We can trust him to protect us. We can trust him to know us as we know him. We can also trust him to be the threshold into all of the goodness that God has for us. I don't want anything this world has to give me if God hasn't prepared the way for it. You know, we are very good at providing for ourselves. We are very good at forcing things to happen, at taking the circle and putting it in the square hole. We are very good at saying things that may not exactly line up with our own character or with our own decisions that we've made. But we will say, hey, it is good for us. The sheep are so... Um, such an animal that is like, uh, how would you call it, naive. They're naive. They're very, they need someone to care for them. They need someone to feed them, lead them to water, to tend them, to protect them. But you know who don't need help? Goats don't need help. Goats will fend for themselves. They will find food. They will find water. You could just let them go and they'll pasture themselves. And it reminds me of Matthew 25 when Jesus is judging the nations. And he has the goats on his left hand and he has the sheep on his right hand. And the sheep, he says, come into the kingdom and to the glory. And the goats, he say, go into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus loves to care for us. When we care for ourselves, we are stepping in the way of our loving shepherd 
who will make sure that we shall not want for anything. William Blake has a quote, and in his quote it says, The lion, God provides for the lion, but the fox provides for himself. That God desires to provide for us. It is not an insult by calling me a sheep. Yes, I am a sheep because I have a good shepherd that I follow. And he is the threshold to enter into the abundance of the kingdom. There have been many times in my life where I have stopped before I've entered someone's threshold. Like, maybe I shouldn't. We know the importance of walking through a doorway. Maybe sometimes we do. Maybe sometimes we don't. It is a huge thing for a bridegroom to pick up his bride and carry her across the threshold, signifying a new life, a new season. They have become new people together in creating this covenant. I used to live in a place called Tulsa, Oklahoma, and south of Tulsa, there was a place called Jinx, Oklahoma, which was what you would call a sundown town. Now, if you're not familiar with a sundown town, a sundown town means if you're black after the sun goes down, you could be assaulted, you could be killed, a number of things that can happen to you. Laws are still on the books in places like this. I had a friend, and she was like, why don't you come over to my house in this sundown town after dark and hang out with me and my brother? I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that sounds reasonable. I could do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm knowing good and well that her dad does not like black people, but apparently I was going to go in this house undetected and stay there overnight. You know, I, you know, I was 14. I don't know what was going through my head. So I'm walking, and this has only happened two times in my life, and I'll tell you the two times that it happened, where I'm walking and about to go in their house, and it's like, oh, no. I'm going home. It was like where somebody is standing at their door and going, come on, come in, come in. And it's like, ah. I wasn't following Jesus at the time, but my mama was a praying woman. And it was a moment where I'm like, if I go in this house, there's no guarantee I'm going to come out of this house. That was the first time it happened. The second time it happened was not far from here, in Humble Park. It's a guy that still lives on that corner. His name is Rich. If you see him, say hi to him. On the corner of Division and Kedzie, it's this huge home. And he's a foreign police officer, but what he would do is he would, inv he would uh, take rescue Rottweilers. So he had like six Rottweilers in his house. He invited my family over for Fourth of July, and he had some teenage children. There was a lot of drinking going on, and we're standing about to walk in. It's me, Liz, and we had two kids at the time. We're about to walk in their house, and these dogs are barking. I mean, he has old, abused Rottweilers, he, and he's like, "Oh, come on in!" It's what, and the dogs are going, rrr, 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 and they're huge, six of them, in a Chicago home. And I'm like, right at the threshold, like, <laughs> got my family with me, and I'm like, nah, we're not going to go in there. We'll just, we'll just stay in the outside area or something like that. He's like, you sure, man? Come on, man. This is fine. You can come in. It's like the Holy Spirit sometimes would be like, you better not do that. And I don't think we understand the important importance of thresholds or places that we are entering into sometimes. Whenever I move into a home, 
the first thing I do is I anoint all of the doorposts in the house. Why? Because I don't know what's happened in the house before I got there. And sometimes people move into homes and believers can be not aware of a spiritual environment that you're entering and you take on some kind of behavior that's not like you. I don't know what happened. I just moved in a place and all of a sudden I drink way more than I did before. I have like, I have huge bouts of depression. I'm like struggling with this and struggling with that. And it could be a part of the spiritual environments that we move into. Thresholds are very important. This is why Jesus and God, during the first Passover, said, anoint those doorposts so that that spirit of death would pass over your home. It is important. So when Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep, I am the door that you can use to enter into the abundance of the kingdom, it is important that we ensure God is leading us into where we should go. This is how we get into the kingdom. It's the only way is through Jesus. I, there are many other good beliefs that, you know, it's karma, it's all this stuff out here. It's, it's like these great, good ways that I could become a person with um, an altruistic, great person. But in order to enter into the kingdom of God, I have to go through the good shepherd, through Jesus. And oh, how gentle and loving and non-controlling he is. But he says, why? I want to protect you from the thieves and the robbers. In verse 8, all who ever came before me, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Why would he use this metaphor of thieves and robbers? Thieves take from your home. Robbers rob you on the way. So one creates a fear in us of where we are, and one creates a fear in us of going anywhere. So the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. So what is happening in this pandemic? It is destroying and killing our ability to move freely as we would like. And we stay at home sometimes and we're like, I don't know, you know, think about the height when everything was going on and we were all quarantined and, and stuck in one place and it was like, it, all the introverts were loving it, frankly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Introverts like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> but we were having all this, all these things taken from us. And our expectation is that that would continue. So even now, today, we have to pray for those who are still in that place. Still in a place of... I can't go anywhere. Something is going to be taken from me. I'm going to be robbed on the way. I'm going to be, but I understand when I am walking through Jesus as a threshold, that he is my good shepherd that is leading, leading me wherever I should go. And I love that about Jesus, that we don't have to be led by fear of losing things or getting lost. He's the good shepherd. And sometimes we have to slow down more than we would like to, 
other times we have to, you know, <laughs> slow down more than we would like to. Those are only options. Because <laughs> we are just driven. Uh, 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 uh. Thing after thing after thing after thing. It's amazing how many great albums are coming out. Music. So much good music is coming out. Our insatiable appetite for things just makes creatives, artists, companies, they're just like, we got to keep, we got to keep feeding them, you know what I'm saying? But God wants us to draw back and begin to understand that we are following the good shepherd and that we don't have to be afraid of these thieves and robbers who would climb over the gate through a different way and come to lead the sheep in the wrong direction. This is what has informed my picture of justice even. Because I can pursue justice, I can go to protests, I have this event that I do, it's called Forgive Us, I, unless I, it is through the door of Jesus, I don't know how effective it's going to be. Because I end up just saying all the things that I don't believe by understanding that Jesus also represents justice. If it doesn't look like the justice of God, maybe it looks like the justice of man. And I want complete reconciliation and forgiveness and love for everyone, that it would be a solution for all, that we will all be able to embrace the goodness of who God is. So how can I tell the difference between being led by this thief and being led by Jesus? I know he's the door and he's leading me into abundance, but some abundance I take for myself. You see, the enemy is slick. He's not going to take everything in one moment. He's going to take it piece by piece by piece by peace. And you know what that's called? Compromise. People don't end up in a place where they shouldn't be in one moment. They end up piece by piece by piece. This is why we come together. This is why we meet in small groups and community so that we can begin to hold each other accountable. But holding each other accountable is not about telling each other when you're doing wrong. It's about encouraging you in the Lord. Amen? When the wrong place, when accountability becomes like a fearful thing, oh, I don't know, I, I wasn't perfect this week. We come together as a body so I can tell you, you know how freaking awesome you are? You know how amazing and loved you are? That when we're so separated from each other, we don't get access to the people and the presence of God. We don't get the ability to love each other and say how wonderful you are. How could I end up way down the road doing something that I know is not a part of who I am or a part of who Jesus has made me to be? It's because that the thieves and the robbers, they take bit by bit and do not add but bring compromise even to the midst of who God has called me to be. And it's simple and it's goodness. And yes, you might have to deal with being called a sheep. But who cares when you have a good shepherd? A good, loving shepherd with this wonderful voice 
I'm not saying it sounds like a black dude, but you know what I'm saying, normally in culture it sounds like a black dude. Morgan Freeman, hey, how you doing? You're okay, I still love you. You're wonderful. <laughs> Watch out, Allstate guy. You know what I'm saying? It's just something about the black man voice is just soothing to people, I guess, you know? I don't know what it is. Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben doesn't have a voice, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Come on into the kingdom, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's the good shepherd and you know it's this quote that how we belong to God and it, it says that if we have not seen the enemy in a while maybe it's because we belong to him and I want us to be a people who actually go looking for a fight. That we're just not waiting for the next bad thing to happen. But we're like, where does, where's this sucker at? Where is he? We're, oh, oh, okay, all right, somebody needs healing. Okay, we're going to get after that. Okay, somebody needs encouragement. Okay, we're going to get after that. That we are looking. We have the light. Jesus is the door into abundance or abundance. <laughs> but Jesus is, the, Jesus is the way to abundance. We don't need to fear or be afraid of the enemy. Like I know Chicago can be a very fearful place. Narratives happen that tell us we should stay in certain boundaries that we shouldn't move into different places, but what do I really have to be afraid of? I have a good shepherd who's not going to lead me down a dark alley, but he wants to reach people with the love that is inside of you. Previous to this chapter where he heals the blind man and then declares, I am the light of the world. Just the same as when he the woman was delivered from adultery and he said, I am the light of the world shining inside each and every one of us. That means that it's life and life more abundantly. Turn to your neighbor and say, life more abundantly. That means it's not a thimbleful. Like I say sometimes, because of free will, we get to decide how much or how little of God we want. And that is based on what kind of hunger is inside of us. Sometimes I feel like I'm trying to explain something that I don't really have words for. But I have seen it. Life more abundantly. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. So if something is about stealing, it is about killing, or it is about destruction, it is not God. That's pretty simple, right? You know? So if thievery is going on, if killing is going on, if destruction is going on, it is the enemy. It is not people's economic status on the south side or west side of the city that's causing this killing to happen. It's the enemy. 
Well, I really love Halloween. Why is that the most likely place for believers to actually understand that we have an enemy, that there's a supernatural element to this life that we live in? We believe in a God we cannot see. It doesn't get more supernatural than that. But we will put blame on people and blame in different places. And I mean, old school in church, it was just, ain't nothing but the devil. <laughs> now, no, you can, go, you can go too far with that sometimes. <laughs> ain't nothing but the devil. Uh, actually, that's a bad decision, you know. <laughs> but it, the end of, this is what thieves and robbers come to do, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But we have life, and life more abundantly. What does that life abundance look like? This week, um, a lady that we live near, her cousin was, had a heart attack and went to the hospital. And so she asked us to pray for him. And so me and my wife just said a brief prayer with them, and I think my wife texted them prayer, and, and um, her mother was there at the house, so we, I prayed with her briefly. A couple days later, they found out that the guy is like completely healed, like baffled the medical staff healed. Come on, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, imagine that something like that happening every day. Every day, someone being healed, someone being saved, someone being experiencing the goodness of God. I don't know if you know it or not, but that's where we're headed. This overflowing, abundant life. I've seen glimpses of it in my life, but this is what God has for us. It wasn't hyperbole when it says in Scripture that if everything Jesus did were written down, it would be enough to fill all the libraries, all the books and all the libraries in the world. His ministry was three years long. That's not hyperbole. So as Christians or little Christ, with the same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead inside of us, that means we have access to the same power. That we are not under the bondage and yoke of a city that could be mired in darkness. But we are in life, and life more abundantly. That there's moments when we worship and we begin to touch this joy that goes deep in, deeper inside of us than we knew a well existed. When you begin to imagine experiencing that 24 hours of day, Understanding who God has called you to be and loving Jesus with every bit of who you are and knowing that it is the best use of the human life. God created us to love him and we were created to love him. The symbiosis of love and presence. What if we could be the happiest people on earth and understand that joy is but a byproduct of the abundant life of Jesus. 
We walk through his door, the door of the sheep, into an abundant life that is accessed through him. But this door isn't uh, exclusive, specific for certain people. It is for all of us, but we have to be okay being a sheep. We have to be okay having oil poured on our heads and being made to lay down by a stream when we want to run beside it and prove all that we can do. Can we embrace God and know that he is our door, our threshold to more than we can ever imagine?